The following podcast may contain inappropriate language, sexual content, and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Gods of That Maui No Name Anime Show, your favorite bi-weekly anime show that's hosted by three boys on the East Coast, probably. I don't know what's happening in my life. I'm JP. I'm joined by Noel and Kyle. Kyle, you weren't here last week. How are you doing? Last, I'm alive, last week. everybody. That, that's always great to hear. What's yeah. up? What's up, Noel? Hey, it's I'm I'm doing great. Uh just want to remind everybody out there to you know, drink water and and touch some grass. <laughs> okay. And I'm not just talking about the grass on the ground, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about weed. <laughs> I you smoke weed, like, yeah, to touch that grass as well. Ironic considering that you don't smoke weed. Right, yeah. I'll I I don't, but I'll endorse it. I'm not going to narc you out if i see you doing it well at this point it's legal in new york which is where you live anyway right. <laughs> uh this is an anime manga and sometimes video game podcast uh we come out every other week we're on gonzo.moe you can find us on all your favorite podcatchers. just look for gonzo.moe uh on the uh, uh, other weeks we do a new show it's a good time i'm gonna get right into the stuff i think the last time we did the Gonzo.moe no-name anime show. We talked about how even though Saudi Arabia has some, you know, human rights issues, <laughs> at least they understand the importance of gaming. But you know who right. doesn't understand the importance of gaming? The people um, that make the fucking video games because they're not paying their goddamn actors enough. Absolutely. This just... I, I wanted to talk about this because it ties into something that we've been talking about for... I guess the, you know, on and off for the whole year is just yeah, definitely voice actor rates and union status within voice acting and localization. And unfortunately, yeah. I'm pretty sure this is a union project. At least the rates are in line with the union rates. I mean, I have, um, I'm unfortunately like part of a Bayonetta group on Facebook and, uh, who doggy, if you want to see some, some bullshit takes on it. Uh, check that place out. And there are people who are saying that like, uh, yeah, this is, this is all being done like by union rate. Yeah. That's so that's something that I think a lot of people that aren't in unions understand or don't understand is that a union is not, it doesn't solve every single problem. Of course. Yeah, definitely. All, all it is, is that everybody got together and agreed on a contract and sometimes right. those terms are great, sometimes they're not. More often than not, it's better to be in one than to not be in one. Not every union is a good union. Uh, I'm in, I consider one of the better unions, but even then, things mm -hmm. aren't perfect. We look at what just happened with, you know, the film union trying to negotiate better hours and nothing fucking changed. <laughs> uh, and so, if this is under a SAG contract, it's still not a perfect, you know, solution. 
Uh, I don't know the actress's name. It's like Helen. Helena Taylor. Helena Taylor. Is that what you said? Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. Uh, So she's saying that she was offered $4,000 to play Bayonetta in the third game of this multi-million dollar uh, revenue generating series. No, no, that was her second offer. So there's some weird stuff going on here. So she said that initially she was given an even lower offer and she had to write a personal missive to Hideki Kamiya, you know, of Platinum. And he right. sent a reply. And that was the offer with 4,000. That was the counter offer. Jeez. But also there's some weird stuff here because I've seen people say that like, oh, like four days, like, you know, like. Uh, union rates are like a thousand dollars a day, I believe, which is why people right. are saying like, okay, four days of recording—that's probably right. But from what we've seen of Bayonetta three as well, it doesn't seem like a game where she's just playing Bayonetta. Like, it seems like a big part of the game is yeah. like multiple Bayonettas, yeah, as characters, like, like maybe Bayonettas from different time periods, all voiced by the same actress. So I think the point about it being four days of recording is conjecture off of like normal things yeah conceivably into the bayoverse conceivably (laughs) she might have a because of that it might be like twin peaks the you know the return where it's like oh this is like three times as much work so it might be multiple like you know five to like i don't know even like a i don't know it could be a lot more days than just the four that would just be her playing like the main character of this video game right yeah I, I think the problem is that people are paying too much attention to the numbers because $4,000 sounds, you know, like that's a lot of money to a normal person. If you're working, yeah, like, making $12 an hour, you know, as the receptionist at a hotel or whatever. Of course. This is not time though. This is not the time to be doing that whole thing of like, Oh, they, you know, I'm a nurse and I earn $12 an hour. I mean, Fast it's food people never, shouldn't earn $12. It's like, nah. it's, it's never the time to do that kind of like pocket watchy sort of bullshit because it, it, it like, it doesn't gain anything. And really like all you're doing is just competing against other workers, which is, well, that gets you nothing. The, the problem is that this is not a 40, hour a week job right you know like this could be her one job all year right or she could work you know two or three jobs like the the bigger issue is that this is going to go on to make millions and millions of dollars and she's the fucking star of the game exactly yeah like that's a problem and also you look at a like a movie you know, like Adam Sandler probably made like $10 million making uncut gems. That was one month of work. And that movie went on to make, I don't know how much money, but like we don't bat an eye when actors make that kind of money. Like when live action uh, US actors make that kind of money. Yeah. But when it's I'm a like, voice actor, we're like, oh, just shut up and make the thing. Of course. And was it like, I know. I don't know the particulars of it, but I do know that like certain actors get residuals on projects. Do voice actors ever get residuals? Oh, that's, that's what I meant to say is that Um, it's, it's that she's not getting any residuals. If she was getting residuals, this wouldn't be a problem. It's like, okay, yeah, four grand for a few days of work, but then, you know, every month or so she gets another check for a couple grand because the game is doing so well. Yeah. Cause Um, I know that was the case with, uh, with all this uh, shutdown over at Time Warner Discovery, yeah, and so, HBO Max, 
I don't know the details of the video game contracts. I know that the anime union dubbing contract does not include residuals. Mm. Uh, it has a buyout where you pay like a flat amount of approximated residuals, which is not that much money. Uh, but uh, generally, I think film and maybe network television actors, I think, get residuals. I, I don't know oh, okay. exactly. I know film for sure. Mm. Uh, and, and you've seen countless examples of actors saying like, you know, I was a, like uh, Sean Schimmel. He's like, I've been Goku for fucking two decades and I've made more money playing some fuck ass on Paw Patrol <laughs> than the entire time I've been Goku. Uh, and then Sean, I like to imagine that's actually the character's <laughs> name on Paw Patrol. Some fuck ass. Well, and Sean Clipblock, I believe is his name, was saying yeah. he has two off-camera lines in Detective Pikachu, and he has made more money in the residuals from that than he got paid to do the Breath of the Wild. Mm. And it's that's, just like that's insanity. Two two lines paid more than a whole video game. Right. That's ridiculous. It's, it's crazy. And I got into like a mini argument with some guy today. Like, well, if we give them residuals, and what about this person? What about the accountants? And it's like, you're fighting that fight with the wrong guy. Because I say we all need more money. Exactly. Like, I don't... Like, if the people at the top are making millions of dollars, maybe the people making the product that's making them millions of dollars should get a bigger cut. Should Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. And I mean, because, yeah, like... Bayonetta is by and far like Platinum's most successful game, I feel. Yeah, oh, easily. Like, like without even looking into it, I could I feel like I can safely say that because like what other notable products like uh projects do you have from that studio? There's Wonderful 101, the game that they needed a Kickstarter to port to other systems. There's all those license games that just kind of happened and then vanished. I don't really know what Platinum does. Uh, they don't Platinum, do no more they heroes, make, do they? No, that's no, Grasshopper. Yeah, that's Grasshopper. Uh, Platinum, they're kind of famous for like Bayonetta. frenetic action. They did the combat on the Nier series. The newer right, yeah. The, oh, they uh, did Nier Mad World. Automata. Yeah, right. way back. Oh, and then Bayonetta came out the same year, it looks like. Yeah. And once again, like Vanquish. how many people remember Mad World? Revengeance. But no, but specifically yeah. about Bayonetta, I think it's also really sad for her because she's right. Like Bayonetta is like a really iconic character. I mean, one, she's like a Smash character now, right? Like right. Yeah, that right. alone brings a lot of and I do think um, you know, like clout. And I do think that her performance as Bayonetta is like pretty unique in that space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not only is she a Smash character, she was like a very well-known Smash character. Cause I I the way I remember it is when the character first debuted back in like uh I want to say Smash 4, uh it the character pretty much broke the game. Nice. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like Smash like players all over the globe were just like, God damn this Bayonetta. Right. She I means she's like a, the prototype for what we would see with the tall vampire lady. Right. It turns out that people <laughs> just want a tall, beautiful woman to step on them. You know Bayonetta what? is like ground zero for that. Oh, you my know God. what? I never made that connection before. Holy crap. Yeah. People want that. And, you know, her kind of sultry British thing going on, like, you know, like it's a great performance. And so for her to ask for, 
I mean, we don't know how much she asked for, but I mean, right. I don't, it doesn't matter. Like, I, I feel like, she's like worth it's, it. yeah, like 4,000 just flat rate is, is still, yeah, pretty ridiculous. One thing that I think is really funny about this is I see people talking about like, oh, well now we're canceling Hideki Kamiya. Like oh boycotts God, don't even up. work. And it's like, so are we getting too far with cancel culture or do boycotts don't work? Yeah, it's, right. can't, it's very like, mixed messaging. Those are the mm-hmm. like those are opposites of each other. And I like, think that like the Sonic the Hedgehog movie is a pretty good situation where like shouting at a corporation got what we wanted. Exactly. It's not like he doesn't so. know that we're pissed about it. Like he yes, deleted like his Twitter. He account. deleted his Twitter, yeah. Like the what a sad the whole, baby. I just have the to whole say joke about like yeah, it it really kind of sucks as a guy who's like always big on Hideki Kamiya to see him like go full fuck boy on this really <laughs> right. makes me sad. It's especially funny because he is the Instaban account. If he's like, if you cross a single line, I'll ban you. And he bans right. everybody and it's like a badge <sighs> of honor. So for him to right. just like literally be on the bad side of the internet for like five seconds and to just like exactly. bow out like that is basically hilarious. Yeah, I saw somebody said that he blocked so many people, the only thing left to do is to block himself. Yes. At the end of either either get blocked a hero or live long <laughs> enough to see yourself get blocked by villains. I don't know. Some say that they live in blocking, but I was I don't even know how that <laughs> quote goes. <laughs> anyway, uh I think that's enough on that topic. Uh, yeah, I will I will say this. Uh like I'm not, I'm not going to like besmirch or like shame anyone who decides to still get the game, but I will like totally shame you. If you jump on here and go like, Oh man, well, tough luck for you. You just negotiated a bad deal. I'm buying two copies oh, of Bayonetta yeah. three. Yeah. You can go fall down a manhole. Yeah. A lot of people seem to know what boots taste like. It's like really, really yeah. like even even if you deep throat in the boot. Even if you hate English voice acting, you'll only play it in Japanese. Even if you think Bayonetta's stupid and you weren't going to buy it, it's a pretty yeah, clear cut it. case of like this person is being exploited by their job. Right, like it's it's black and white. There's <laughs> like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. We've just like we've normalized exploitation to the point that somebody that's not being exploited as hard as you are just seems like not a problem exactly well i only make eight dollars an hour at caribou coffee well you should also make more money yeah you should we should all make more money that's uh except for the fucking ceos well yes except for the ceo oh yeah except for anybody that has more than i don't know six figures in their salary we should all be making more money yeah yeah but uh let's talk about some anime why not uh chainsaw man came out yeah so yeah tell me about chainsaw man i know like uh with the manga there was always like some some like issue where you were like i'm not getting what the hype is about oh i don't like chainsaw man as a manga oh i think it's a bad (laughs) manga really well i don't think it's i i think it is unremarkable Okay. I saw an incredible panel. I just have to say on Twitter, someone was posting it 
where I, it's the kind of thing where I hadn't seen this technique done, where there's a shot of a character talking in the school, but the shot is from outside of like looking in and through a school window, but the text bubbles are all inside of the window. Oh yeah. That happened in the latest uh, chapter of Chainsaw Man. Oh. All I'm saying is like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it might not be your jam, but in terms of like, I've never seen anything like that. And that was one of the coolest fucking things I've ever seen in a manga or a comic. I have not <laughs> been reading the sequel series. I oh, plan okay. to. Because Chainsaw Man, similar with Demon Slayer, is something that I don't actively enjoy, but I want to experience for context. Now, Demon Slayer is one that I that I can say is I feel is a is an unremarkable manga. Like Fair. I feel like a lot of the hype for that uh, franchise is carried by the fact that the anime is UFO table. I think and also doing a just lot of the- their like fate shit with that. It's also just very cosplayable. Like, yeah. The character designs in Demon Slayer are really good. Well, if you want to talk about cosplayability, Chainsaw Man is up there too. Yeah. I was going to say Steins Gate. Button down yet. I made a joke the other day about how if I dressed up as the main character in Steins Gate, people would think I'm cosplaying Rick. <laughs> they would. Oh my God. You, <laughs> you know, like. Anyway, but that's that's a, that's a good way to segue back into Chainsaw Man. Every character looks the same in that manga. You would just they would just have to determine: Are you holding a beer or a Dr Pepper? Right. That's exactly that the, the joke I, I said. I'd have to carry around a banana and a Dr Pepper for anyone to know what I was doing. Uh, but no, I don't think Chainsaw Man is like actively bad. I've just because I've read a lot of like gross, nihilist, like super gory manga. To me, it wasn't doing anything new. You know, like I had just read Magical Girl Sight or whatever it's called. And, you know, I've read Shigurui and Apocalypse Zero and Biomeat or Biomeat Nectar or whatever it's called. And, you know, enough Kazuo Koike manga to drive anybody insane. (laughs) Like Chainsaw Man wasn't shocking to me in any way. Well, like, I don't, I never. I never got that like the intent with Chainsaw Man was really to shock. It's to it felt more like it was telling a specific story in this kind of dreary backdrop. Like that initial chapter uh maybe does a fair amount of like the the misery porn kind of aspect to it, but like the rest of it 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 does not really like have that same uh, energy just to me. And I recognize that I'm on a very short list of people that did not enjoy the manga. So, uh, I, the other issues I had was that I thought too many of the characters looked the same and they didn't Mm -hmm. do anything to like stand out from one another. Um, but that's fine. You know, like I, I read it, other people liked it. I could tell when it became an anime that it would be a better anime to me than it mm. was a manga. And so far I've I think only one episode has come out. Yeah. I really liked the first episode. Everything okay. that I didn't like about it is now now that it's like moving. I don't know why. Right. And in color, I'm sure that helps. Too. And the voice acting, it's it's it, and you know, I had the same thing with summertime rendering. Like the manga was good. Really? But no. the anime was so much better that I stopped reading the manga. I'm still buying the manga because <laughs> I'm going to have to read it because I guarantee you that show didn't finish. There's like 12, 12 plus volumes. Uh, they probably did not finish that story. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I had a I had a good time. And what's funny is I see people on Twitter saying that the anime is, isn't doing it for them because it strays too much from the vibe of the manga. Like, uh, Which I'm like, I don't understand how you could possibly think that. It, it feels like spot on for like what the manga is. Well, and the opening sequence is really cool. Oh yeah, that's that's totally cool. I really love it. It's a what is it? I think it's got over ten million views on YouTube. It's uh, it's pretty good. I don't really know if there's a lot to say about it. If you've read the first chapter of Chainsaw Man, then that's the first episode. I, th- I think it's just yeah. the first chapter. It yeah, just it introduces a, um, what's his name, Deji and Pu- Denji, Denji and, uh, and Pochita, Pochita, his chainsaw dog. And then uh, Makima, I believe, is introduced at the end of the episode. So it's just yes. how they all meet. Right. Yeah. About how was it his chainsaw dog? He gets like, was it cut up by zombies? Yeah. And then his yeah, <laughs> which I have to say, like, goddamn, way to not shy away from that. Uh, well, that's what I enjoyed so much is when I was because I I have this problem with action heavy manga where I just, I have trouble imagining it. And so Mm. that I think plays a big role in why I don't enjoy things like Demon Slayer, like Chainsaw Man, you know, even Dragon Ball Z, like I never read the manga or Yu Yu Hakusho, but I love the anime version. And so getting to see that action in action form or whatever, in moving form, (laughs) really changed my enjoyment of this like action heavy series. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have that same problem. I think action, it's harder to show in, you know, stills for sure. Okay. Who's a master of that though? Kisuke Itagaki. Grappler Baki has never hurt me. (laughs) Grappler Baki would never. Uh, So how did you feel about the sequence where like Pochita like absorbs himself into Denji and we get like the titular chainsaw man? That whole sequence where he's like, I thought it was pretty cool, but I think I know where you're going. It seemed a little CG. I, yeah, but but I wouldn't say it's like a janky CG. It was, I I thought it was like decent TV CG, Mm. like anime TV budget, but I, I thought it was pretty cool. Like I was excited to see what I wanted Chainsaw Man to be when I read the hmm. manga, like if the series maintains that level of energy, which, you know, I've, I've read at least all of part one. I know that there's going to be a lot more sequences like that. If they can keep nailing those moments, I think it's going to be a really good show, but it's only like scheduled for 12 episodes. Yeah. Like, it, like it, it's what I keep talking about. It's this 12 to 13 episode, uh, like system, which I, I can't see any world where this show doesn't get a season two. Yeah. I unless just, something really crazy happens. I don't know how they're going to accomplish anything in 12 episodes. Like the, I, I hate, this is the worst trend of the 10 to 12, like the 12 episode things. Right. I really hate it. I can't even remember like what the first good stopping point is in the manga. I could imagine I could imagine the stopping point being like when they fight the sword devil. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the first arcs. And then Aki and Denji like kick that guy in the balls forever. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll see. I'm going to keep watching it. 
I I had a lot of fun, but I am unapologetic with how much I didn't really care for the manga. <laughs> but that's okay. Okay. So you wanted to talk about Golden Kamui. Okay, yeah. Going from a manga that you did not enjoy to a manga that I enjoy immensely forever and I love. Uh, yeah, Golden Kamui is... Golden Kamui is a manga that's it's currently being released by Viz. It ended in Japan back in April, and season four of the anime just came out uh, earlier this month. And also, we got the official uh, penis Earth size. Yes, yes, we did. We also got <laughs> that, which, uh, yeah, I'll work that in in a minute. So, <laughs> so Golden Kamui is this period like the best way i think to describe it is it's kind of like a western yeah yeah because you know how like a lot of westerns are focused on dudes who are basically like veterans of the civil war Mm -hmm. yeah because that's how you get like a lot of the lone gunslingers and shit like that they're all like dudes who somehow survived the civil war. And now like all they know how to live by is by the barrel of a gun. Well, so I didn't read a lot of golden comedy, but I maybe read the first, I don't know, three to five volumes. Oh, really? And to me, it felt like it was a secret cooking manga. That as well. Yes. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I just wasn't expecting it. I was expecting a manga about a guy cutting people's backs off to make a pirate map. (laughs) Right. Instead of it being like a weird bear grill survival cooking show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's very much that as well. And, and just a lot of male nudity and dick jokes. That's I'm fine with that. I read Dick fight Island. Yes. Yeah. It's up there with Dick fight Island. So, uh, golden comedy is about a, Jap- Japanese Russo war veteran named uh, Sugimoto uh, hailed on the battlefield as the immortal Sugimoto because he managed to like never die no matter how many times he was shot or blown up or stabbed. Oh, he yeah. Has a big la- yeah. Has he anybody has a- called him Sugoimoto? Not, no, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't a common <laughs> phrase when this takes place. I guess, yeah, because that actually that would actually <laughs> kind of rock. I'm surprised that's never been brought up. Because what is it? There's there are like a fair amount of like cultural references throughout this manga, but yeah, he has a big like uh, cross scar across his face, and the thing with Sugimoto is, uh, one of his like best friends from childhood. He has like two childhood friends, uh, this guy named Torji and this girl named Ume. And he originally left his hometown because he was afraid that he had tuberculosis and he didn't want to spread it to the rest of the town. So he said, let me leave my hometown for like two years and then come back. And that'll prove that I don't have tuberculosis. This is all way before he ever like joined the army and went to war. Mm-hmm. yeah so and he comes back and in that time uh torji ended up marrying ume which i mean like 
like Ume and Sugimoto always like had something, but you know, he was gone, possibly dead of tuberculosis. Yeah. Yeah. And so eventually he joins the military. So does Toriji. And while they're fighting in the Russo Japanese war, Toriji lets him know that like Ume's eyes are degenerating. She's losing her sight. And after the war, he's going to like pan for gold to raise up money to send her to America to get eye surgery. I don't remember any of this. Wow. Yeah. Unfortunately, Torji like gets blown up and dies. And uh, so later on, Sugimoto is like panning for gold out in Hokkaido in hopes of like making enough gold to send Ume to get her eyes fixed. Now, while he's there, that's like you were saying, he hears the story about this stash of gold the stash of Ainu gold, like out in Hokkaido that uh, a bunch of escaped convicts have the map to, but they all have the map like tattooed onto their torsos. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's just what... reminded me of uh, monkey Island. There's a puzzle in one of those games where you have to use cooking oil to bake a guy's tattoo map off of him. Oh, I was really? thinking of prison break. This seems to be a common, uh, <laughs> Common plot line. I think it's also oh, okay. a blind spot. <laughs> yeah. Body maps yeah. are a mistake, everybody. <laughs> oh, okay. Along. So like, yeah, Sugimoto, he, he also meets up with this little Ainu girl. Now, are you guys familiar with like what Ainu are? That is like the native. They're the indigenous Japanese. Yeah. Yes. There's yeah, lots so of like, racism. Uh, yeah. So, like, another example of Ainu is, like, the snowboard kid from Shaman King. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, the only other, like, immediate example of Ainu I can think of. is like, this manga. Dagger of Kamui, s- isn't that about an Ainu guy? Is it? I it's don't know. It's been years since I've I watched seen Dagger, Dagger of Kamui. Kamui. <laughs> it's been, yeah. But, yeah, so he teams up with this uh, little Ainu girl who teaches him how to survive in the wilderness because her father was wrapped up in the whole conspiracy of like hiding this Ainu gold. And yeah. So yeah, they go on this journey to like find these convicts and initially it's to like, yeah, cut their backs off to make the, (laughs) the treasure map. But eventually they figure out, Hey, we can just like draw it. <laughs> we can draw it. We can also like, uh, make a, an oil, like <laughs> copy of it. Yeah. And it's, it's just this like wild adventure, uh, through the Japanese wilderness. Cause along with like all the escaped convicts, one of them happens to be Toshizo Hijikata who much like in Roni Kenshin did not die, but mysteriously like found his way, which by the way, is that the guy that has the leaky head? No. So if you remember from Kenshin, there was a dude named Saito Hajime. Oh yeah. The guy with the big like sword. Poli- yes. Oh, wait, no, no, no. I'm thinking of, uh, not, I know who you're, you're thinking talking about. Aoshi Shinomori, but yeah, I'm talking about the cop. Saito yeah, I have my people mixed up. Yeah, so he was secretly like a a real life dude named Toshizo Hijikata who in like real life died probably 10 years prior to Roroni Kenshin. 
similar here in Golden Kamui, yes, we also have uh, Toshizo Hijikata, who did not die at the Battle of Hakodate, and has been like in the secret Japanese prison the whole time. And he also has like a tattoo with uh, the secrets to this Ainu gold on him. I and was he teams of Sonosuke. Ah. So, yes, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So you have a bunch of different factions like uh, looking for this gold. You have Hijikata and a bunch of the other escaped convicts. You have Sugimoto and Asirpa, who is the Ainu girl he's teamed up with. Uh, and you have the seventh division of the Japanese military led by one Toshihiro Surumi. He's the one with the leaky head. <laughs> <laughs> now, it, Surumi, yeah, got like blasted in the head with mortar fire during the Russo-Japanese war, which like knocked off the, his frontal lobe. So Excuse now, me? Yeah. yes, not a thing you want to happen to your frontal lobe. Yes. It like blew the frontal lobe of his, his brain away. And so now he has like a mask over his forehead Jesus. and occasionally his brain fluid will like leak down and he will like wipe it away with a handkerchief. My does, God. does that change his personality at all? See, here's the wild thing is he mentions that it it's it like affects his aggression and his like ability to like rationalize. But then you see like flashbacks of him and he was always a going, dick. Yeah, he was always kind of a kind of a maniac and an asshole. Like uh a recurring thing that happens in this manga, so all the soldiers of the seventh division are like deadly loyal to him. Like they worship Surumi and many of those guys from the seventh division become major characters in the story. And you see like their flashbacks of them, like before they joined the military or when they first joined the military and met Surumi. And a lot of their stories are just, Hey, I was going through something and Surumi helped me. And that's why I'm following him for the rest of my life. But then later on in that episode, you see things from a different perspective and you go, wait a second. Surumi kind of set up this whole situation in order for this person to be indebted to him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Jesus. So yeah, like Surumi, very manipulative, very calculating, there's a crazy twist that comes up uh, in the middle of season three of the anime. And I want to say volume 24 of the manga about Surumi that you never see coming. Uh, yeah. So the new anime is airing now. Is that correct? The, yeah. The fourth season of the anime is airing now. I know I, it's one of the big shows I always recommend to people. And uh, the thing I always hear back from them is like, Hey, isn't that the show with the CG bears? Yeah. Season two, the bears stop being CG. <laughs> stop whining about that. I'm tired of hearing. Wait, do about they go it. back and rectify that in the Blu-ray? I have no idea, <laughs> but I will tell you. Yeah. Like the bears aren't CG anymore. So you can, <laughs> so you can stop with that. Uh, 
so and god like the characters in this manga are amazing there's a a number of the convicts are just great to read about there's a one in particular shiraishi who's kind of like the usopp of this manga (laughs) nice (laughs) yeah he's a he's a notorious con man and a an escape king so anytime he's caught he figures out a way to get out of it. We are initially introduced to him, uh, Sugimoto and a syrup. I catch him to get a copy of his tattoo. And he spits out like a little package from between his teeth and like unfurls it with his toes. And it's a razor blade that he uses to cut the bindings off of his hands to run away. Oh my God. Yes. And he also, at one point he gets through a window by covering himself in oil and dislocating his shoulder. Ew. <laughs> uh, according to the official uh, penis size chart, uh, Surumi has a larger penis than Sugimoto. Yeah. Uh, but if you're looking at that <laughs> chart, I should let you know that my favorite character of the manga just happens to have the biggest penis Ushiyama. of the yes Ushiyama. So let me tell you guys about Ushiyama. Ushiyama is a Japanese early 1900s version of Mad Bull. Oh my god, what is wrong with He's, his forehead? <laughs> <laughs> so I can only imagine because he is a he is a renowned like judo practitioner. Mm-hmm. I can only assume that comes from like constantly training against a tree and like hitting his forehead against the tree. It so just that it, never comes up. Yeah. <laughs> so it's mentioned, and there's like a there's a joke at one point where uh, where him and Sugimoto and a bunch of people are like sitting down having dinner, and a Sirpa happens to get like wicked drunk. And she tries to pull the thing off of his forehead. Oh my God. But yeah, Ushiyama basically just early 1900s mad bull from (laughs) he's a judo practitioner who does nothing but run around, get into fights and have sex with women. His introduction, uh, Hijikata finds him in a brothel and the way he chooses to, get away from (laughs) Hijikata is he grabs a woman he is in relations with and he like throws her like a Frisbee at Hijikata. Oh my God. Yes. And, and it just goes on from there. There is a part in the manga where he, he, uh, judo flips a horse. (laughs) There's a part in the manga where he judo flips a bear, uh, because during the, at one point they are defending an Ainu village from a bunch of people who have like tried to take over the village. And at one point a bear gets loose and Ushiyama judo flips the bear. And then afterwards, when everything is fine, the women of the village are like, Oh my goodness, Ushiyama, we love you. But then Sugimoto and the gang have to drag him away. Cause they're just like, no, sir, do not take advantage of all these women. What are you even going to do? to take responsibility for all these children. And he's like, no, but I want to stay. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh, and what? it's just, it just goes on from there. It's just 
wacky adventures with these uh, absolute maniacs looking for gold in northern Japan and also a little bit in Russia because there's an arc where they have to go to Russia. Nice. Well, yeah. I <laughs> may have to give this another opportunity. You're going to read the manga or the anime? Which would you do? I might go back to the manga. I'm not sure. Yeah, I would definitely suggest the manga. I like It's almost done, isn't it? The manga's completely done. Oh, nice. The manga's completely done. It's not all released uh here in the states yet. Uh we're up to volume 27 and I want to say 28 is coming out in December. Oh, and that's the end. Okay. Nah, the the end is volume 31. Okay. <laughs> yes. And like I cannot I cannot like make it clear enough that this is like one of my top recommendations. It's one of my favorite manga of all time. Copy that. Like, yeah, because, and also, uh, like I recommend it to so many people because also, I don't know if you guys have come across this lately. There seems to be this growing trend among anime fans who they have this one complaint where they're like, man, why aren't there more anime about adults dealing with adult problems? Why is it always high schoolers and sexualizing children? And when I see that complaint, the common factor I see is it's people who generally only watch like Shonen Jump shit. Yeah. Yeah, like which, (laughs) which no... No shame if like that's the kind of stuff that you watch, but it's just like if your big complaint is that a lot of manga is about like teenagers, maybe that that might have something to do with the fact that you're only watching anime that's made for teenagers. I wonder how common like those terms are thrown around now. Cause like I remember when I got into anime and manga and we're like, oh, there's shonen and shoujo and seinen and all this and just not being in high school now, I don't know like if people still talk about the terminology or if they just turn on Crunchyroll and watch whatever pops up. I feel like, I, yeah, I feel like they don't really use that terminology anymore because I know there's like, there's like a growing like maybe amongst casual people, but I'm sure the hardcore group still does. See, I'm not even sure about that because I feel like there are some people who like would consider themselves hardcore, but really it's just like. They watch the front page of Crunchyroll and whatever. I don't mean to say that. I don't. I don't Trump. want to be like Jack Black, but you're not hardcore unless you live hardcore. Okay, exactly. <laughs> you're not hardcore unless you do. I'm hardcore. Watch. I only watch the real tough stuff. You know, unless- I I don't watch Golden Kamui. I watch the old school stuff like One Piece. I refer you to gotta- anime in cores. That's how yes. hardcore I am. You gotta do coke and watch five star stories. Oh my god. <laughs> That's the real way. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, like the, that's my thing. If you're looking for something that is, that features a, a cast of just adults and does not sexualize children, golden Kamui is the thing for you. God damn, go read it. It's, it's fantastic. And watch this anime and the dub's amazing too. Oh, I didn't know it was dubbed. Sick. Yeah, it was dubbed. Uh, Ian Sinclair Sugimoto. He uh, he puts his entire foot into his performance. Uh, 
Unfortunately, uh, there's a good chance he is not paid very well for that performance. That is probably true. Yeah, I am. I am scared of like the day when uh, the dub for season four comes out and he is not Sugimoto because they didn't want to pay him a proper wage. Well, we'll uh, report on it if and when it happens. Right. So we should talk about Licorice Recoil and then get the F out of here. Ah, yes. The darling of last season. This show, well, we've been kind of, what do you call it? Updating throughout the, the length of it. Right. Yeah. We've done a couple, a uh, couple chime ins. Yeah. We've covered the first half and I think this is us talking about the second half. Yeah. yeah. So it ended. So how do you feel about the second half? Point. Yeah. How'd you feel about the second half JP? Because I know you were like, it was like diminishing returns for you yeah, for a while there. I, so I really like how the show started out. I found the first two episodes to be the strongest for me. I did really enjoy the last maybe two episodes. Oh, okay. But there, I don't remember like specific moments. I just felt like it, it got too comfortable in the middle and like, didn't do anything. Ah, and with only having, what was it? 13 episodes. I feel mm-hmm. like it didn't really have an ending. Yeah, definitely. Like this, this is another show that like, I would be surprised to not see some kind of second season. Four. Or like an OVA or so like it's just you know, they established well, like, this if this was a if this was like two thousand four, two thousand five, this would definitely have an OVA. I would see, watch I don't a movie. see that. See, I think that you're kind of right, JP, but I think it's kind of the opposite. See, I think that this series has an ending, but it's an ending that is like demanded because they needed an ending. Yeah. Like, I feel like they skipped steps two, three, four, five, six, and seven. And then they're like ending. So the ending is quote unquote good, but it doesn't match anything that we've seen. Like they haven't done the work necessary for that ending to be a success. I would say it's more like an open ended ending. Like, well, like this is the ending we'll give you. I was talking about specifically because see in the, the podcast of the day for the, uh, the news broom, JP said like it simultaneously is like too much and not enough. And that is mm. 100% this show's problem. It, I think it has some good, like incredible animation. I think that, so it starts off with some good ideas. The problem is, is it starts to introduce tons of ideas, but it doesn't develop any of them at all. No, like, we get this whole weird thing. So in the, especially towards the end, right. Where we're dealing with the second, um, the second gigantic terrorist attack. Spoiler alert. We're going to spoil. Yeah. We're going to spoil the end yeah. of the show. Big time. Spoils. There's a, a giant terrorist attack. And then it turns out that they're going to like the whole thing was just like kind of a elaborate thing to reveal the, the licorice that, and yeah. the, to let uh, the Japanese public know that there are like schoolgirl assassins out there making sure that, you don't get terroristed on. Yes. And he reveals it through like putting a bunch of random guns all around and putting up the ensuing violence of people pulling out guns and then the licorice trying to stop it. And he literally, and then the evil villain guy who we've seen, who has developed kind of a weird love kind of sort of hate relationship. They have like a weird frenemies thing. Going yeah, well, on. they just hang out like- sometimes when they get tired of fighting. They're like, do you want to have a soda? For a while, but they don't even like it. It's so weird. Like I feel I like think it's that's more the just show trying of, uh, to avoid the the whole lesbian thing. I think at this show, like 
I oh, wish they would have done the lesbian thing. Oh though. yeah, no, no, no. I don't see like a rom- romantic relationship between the two of them. I think it's more just the case of like, hey, you're also a kid from the Allen Institute. What are the odds? But like, did we ever talk like about that. what the fuck the Allen Institute is? I mean, they but that's what I'm that's it? what I'm building towards, though, right? <laughs> like, it has all of these ideas. So we we have these licorice, and then out of nowhere, the male version of licorice. Yeah, they have like the a, lily what bell. are their names? The lily bells. lily bells yeah they all of a sudden like we're gonna kill all the licorice and cover this up so they're developing this weird idea towards the very end that like oh there's a weird gender essentialism thing going on and well they had mentioned lily bells like before this no they mentioned i'm not saying but here's the thing like this show is not like necessarily about gender in that way because the fact that there is these weird gendered things like isn't really a, a thing until they start talking about the chief um, who is the, he's the one who's the hurt leg and oh, like everyone and two of the girls are like, oh, he's obviously gay. Like, how couldn't you guys know this? Yeah, I felt like that was not this, explored like nearly as much as I kind of wanted it. Like they, right. they he's hinted the only very strongly. They like explicitly say like he is a homosexual character. Uh, it's heavily, like heavily he is... implied that the licorice two girls at the very least are like here yeah. he is like well because he was in a relationship, a relationship with the bad guy with a man yeah like uh what was right, but why is that guy even the bad guy like they start like he puts the fuck because like, okay. he tried to like blow like short out chinatsu's like metal heart well yeah like, he, this is the stupidest fucking show he like, gave her a fake heart <laughs> that saved her life in exchange for her being a cold blooded assassin and but he instead did she like wanted no to make reason he his character has no reason for any of this like they literally just th- created a cipher that existed to so that he would do something and it's not even like they don't explain it is that they don't even go like they don't even hint at an explanation it really feels like their explanation for most of the stuff in the show is like we mentioned it once isn't that enough for you well it's so kind like, of felt like, like they did it just why, so they had a twist this is why i feel like they're there might definitely be a season two for this. Cause I feel like there's a lot of open-ended stuff with the Allen Institute in particular. Except I'm like not going to be there for a season two. <laughs> I, I literally, like, they fucked it up. This is not how you get me to go on to a season two. Well, you have I to make a good there. show that kind of sort of makes like, I was just going crazy, like going in. Cause I'd watched episodes one through six. And then I watched seven through the end, seven through 13. And it was some of the worst anime I've ever seen. I wouldn't say that. I <laughs> oh will say, God. like, I would honestly say that. You know what the show wants to be? What's it want to be? The Gunslinger ideal Girl. version of this series is Birdie the Mighty. Just straight really? up. If you want to watch the good version of what this is trying to do, watch watch the second half of Birdie the Mighty. It's perfection. You mean the OVA or the TV series? The TV series. Um, that's why I said Birdie the Mighty. Oh wait, you're right. There's What's an OVA and then I, meant I think Birdie Decode. the Mighty Decode. Yeah, I right. Yeah. So, yeah. But this really wants to be Birdie the Mighty Decode, except that does everything better. Birdie the better. Mighty and not like uh, like say Gunsmith Cats. No, I'm sp- <laughs> this is specifically trying to be Birdie the Mighty Decode, okay. even down hmm. to the weird like finale where she fights the guy who. But like it, that version is good. That's like a good version of this story. This is. A bunch of it really feels like what they're trying to do here is like Noel saying is like cr- like it, let's put it this way this feels 
like a J.J. Abrams mystery box of like, we're going to put all these things to oh entice people. See that now I think you're being too mean. No, this is exactly what it is. They, there's all these things <laughs> that they're just hinting Abrams. at. And they're like, oh, look, in the season two, we're going to explore the whole Lily Bells thing. And in a in a season two, we're going to explore the whole Allen Institute. But this series is not interesting. I don't give a shit. There's now. still a thousand I, guns out there, Kyle. You know, there's still like 800 guns. They only found 200 of them. Yeah, so you're going to see the other. I don't give a shit. Season two. Uh, I could not care less anymore. This series, like, okay, again, let's put it this way. I'm still this mad. (laughs) I watched these episodes two weeks ago. Now, I have been this mad for weeks. Now, do you feel like this this show could have benefited by being uh, 24, 25 episodes instead of 13? Ooh. No, but they, they should have they either should have done focus, it a lot maybe. more, or they should have cut this down, and this should have been like six fucking episodes and half the content. <laughs> like a well like a well focused six six episode ova honestly this should be like an ova (laughs) i really do think that's the best way this could have been but they're not making ovas like that anymore but it's just they waste so much fucking time on all this extra like i'm I'm thinking about like how much time was just on like absolute nothing and it's most of this series Like, how many times do we have like there's that whole day where they spend like here we're gonna i'm gonna get you a new wardrobe doing accounting and making a poop cake yeah the poop ca- okay <laughs> the poop going desserts. to the aquarium hey the aquarium was important it so was. is the episode where they touched each other's boobs <laughs> wait hold on was that i don't remember i think that, that was one. the underwear episode yeah really oh yeah it's a whole episode Okay, I remember the underwear episode. I don't remember them touching boobs. It, it literally feels like maybe the like the gun people, like the gun uh, otaku. It feels like they got into like a rock paper scissors match with the just like people who wanted to dress up cute girls and cute cl- cute clothing, and then like they alternately just like took some of the budget and like made their own show, and then were just like, mm, I don't know, we can just put edit this together, right? Like, well, I mean, it did like it did win the praise of Hideo Kojima, like the world's most famous gun otaku. Right, I get it, but like that's like that's what I'm saying. Like it's almost bait. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know the thing with their bad guy that a lot of a lot of like propaganda does this, where they have somebody that's actually saying like good shit. But they make them just crazy enough where you have to go against them. Like this, the bad guys. Right. Like, yeah, we definitely. live in a police state. There's a fucking problem with this. But yes, also, we have a, I want to give everybody guns. Anime girl secret police who are out to you know shoot you in the head and drag you off in the night. It was like Stain in My Hero Academia. Stain was right. right. He was also a sociopath. Though. He, was, he was. Yeah, he was definitely right on the fact that like a lot of you phonies are out here just being heroes for the money um i think part of the pro like i didn't hate the show but i kept like predicting it as we were going during the final mm-hmm. battle and they, they had like a countdown timer to when this building was gonna blow up i just jokingly said like this isn't gonna be a real bomb this is a bluff he's just faking it <laughs> he's just- and then <laughs> right before it goes off i'm like oh maybe i was wrong and then it goes off and it's just fireworks okay 
<laughs> Even that's so fucking stupid, though. I mean, I, I feel like I was going crazy watching these last episodes. Like, I was now, watching it. I could not believe. You don't watch <laughs> enough bad anime if you're this incensed by Licorice Recoil. Right. Well, no, like, okay. So there's a whole episode where, like, they, you know, they meet and they're, like, exchanging quotes from John McClane and stuff. And it's shown <laughs> of, like, oh, right. They're, like, basically the same person. But the biggest problem is at the end where our main character, her heart is giving out and she's putting her all and like saving people. And they're having this ideological battle. But the biggest problem is that our main character doesn't really have an ideology. They don't believe in anything. They're just like, they're too much of an agreeable, like anime girl. (laughs) And they're having this thing like, Oh, I'm going to like, Remember, because her whole thing is she can look and she can dodge bullets, which, by the way, leads to the stupidest fucking battle <laughs> where the guy, it turns out, his super ability, because he's the Allen Institute, he has super hearing. So he, yeah. if, he can be, if he's up against the visual girl, he's fucked. But if he turns <laughs> off the lights... Yeah, he's got to turn off the lights. He's got he's to turn off the dark, like that Spider-Man musical. You mean and then, this is the Nitsu from Demon Slayer is not a good supervillain? Then it's stupid here because he's literally in like they're in that weird space needle thing, and he just closes the blinds, and it's not <laughs> even like it's dark. It's not even like it's pitch black. It's like you're like, well, oh, okay, like I well, have to I mean, squint it, a little. It is pitch black, but like we need to at least see what's going on. Yeah, we so can't have this stupid. be like uh, the House of Dragon, right? But the whole thing at the end, right, of him sitting there and being like. Oh, I, I set up this. He sets it up to her of putting up the explosion in a timer and being like, if you want to get it, you got to take this phone from me. And that means we have to have our actual like duel to the death. And during that fight, in order to show that she's so committed to saving people, she actually stops dodging his bullets for a second. And she takes a hit so she can get to like the, the phone better. And it's this whole thing about sacrificing her body. And I'm just watching this fight and it's an ideological battle, but I'm like, like she doesn't disagree with him. And like, she doesn't even really give a shit. Like, like why the fuck is this even happening? Like you can't set up an ideological battle. If the people aren't ideologically opposed. Because girls just want to have fun, Kyle. Yeah. She just wants to have fun. And he wants to like get in the way of her fun by like revealing the police state. I'm just really mad That's that not you cool. like making lattes. Yeah. Like how is she going to make lattes and go to the amusement park with her girlfriend? If everyone knows that she's like that, she and her girlfriend are secret assassins. You know, what's so ludicrous is that in this world where they have like a super technical, like secret girl assassin headquarters and they have all these like really cool guns and we got super hackers that can hack anything on the planet. You're telling me you can't just make her another prosthetic heart? Like no, apparently that's, like there's only one in the entire world. Actually, we well, make no, two. No, there's actually two. Yeah, yeah we there's just, only two. There's though. just two. Then we threw out the instructions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> like what? You had if you knew that this would only last for 15 years. Why didn't you make another one in the meantime? Well, no, it was like a Gundam prototype, you know, like you just can't make another one. It was going to last like her, her whole life. But the problem was when, uh, Yoshi, whatever his name was, found out that she doesn't kill people. He flipped the cyber city 08 switch. Yeah. Like, no, it wasn't Remember, but the whole, it was going to last her whole life. Dot, dot, dot. But that's because they were fine with her dying as a teenager. 
or like an 18 year old. Like nah, that was supposed dude. to be her life. Nah, because like, what was it? Her, his like hot secretary, like, uh, no, but they explain it a second later. Like they disable it. But then the whole thing is they're like, she killed you. But then, uh, our main girl says something like, don't worry. I didn't have long anyways. And then it's revealed that it was only going to last like another year or two with, without really? the charging. Cause I remember them saying like, yeah, like, they literally just like, good, right, oh, you don't doing it. We're going to kill you for fucking months. reason. Just make for another not, one for not killing people. Like, yeah, there's only like a few people who can make it. Look, it, again, it's like that whole Gundam scene where they drop the guy out of the plane and then they shoot him in midair. That, that's what this is. They were able to put people into cryogenic stasis while they solved super brain cancer in World End Harem. You're telling me that they didn't buy 10 more years to make another super heart for Chisato? No, the Allen Institute has no super freezer guys, unfortunately. They only, <laughs> they only have super assassins who can hear and see things. We, can, yeah. we killed the heart doctor. Pendants. Yeah, they killed... How I think they actually you? did. Didn't they probably they? Didn't did. Didn't they kill the heart doctor? I don't didn't, know. Didn't he get like the next heart from her and then like shoot her? Is that the guy that made the heart? Yeah, he's like, you have to kill me to get my heart. It's like, why don't you just make her one? But then it was revealed that, yeah, he didn't have the heart in there. Uh, yeah, he it was in my it in suitcase, the suitcase the whole time. And I like how he's the, like, okay, so she, even, but like, even relationships, the, the thing that is the worst about this series is it just like drops things casually um, super late. I mean, the fact that our the handler guy, the one who is um, in the cafe with him, that he's her dad, that's like almost a revelation, the way in which it's presented it's... in the series. Like, and he's one of her gay dads. Oh and, yeah. And he and she likes them both, but the one guy she only saw twice, but then she didn't recognize him earlier. And you're just like, okay, like remember the guy who was coming to the cafe, like she just thought he was a cafe person and then discovers in this episode that he was the, the gay dad guy. Well, she saw him when he was like she was like four. Yeah, but no, but you know what I mean? Like she didn't put it together, faces. but he was right there. And like even how that's presented, it's not like she has to like come to grips with it. It's instantly like, oh right, you were my dad. And she's it's like good Wait. with bullets and bad with faces. Like like her eyes are good good for <laughs> dodging bullets, but <laughs> she doesn't remember faces too well. She's and like, she like and they're bringing up the camera, like it, this is the like the most poorly written anime I've I read I've seen in a long time. Just like what the fuck are they doing? I'll tell you so, what. The biggest travesty is they didn't do enough with the drunk MILF character. Drunk okay, MILF, I need, nothing. I need everyone to back up for a second. Because <laughs> here's the thing. I feel like we're going, we're going crazy in this society. We're just, we're just throwing out the word MILF like, <laughs> like crazy. Are you going to get into a semantic um, battle because she doesn't actually have any kids? She doesn't have any kids, and also she has that. She like, helps the hacker girl, who I'm is more or less sure shown to be like, like a young twenty-eight girl. or something like hey, that. Hey, look! If pornography has taught me anything, once you yeah. turn twenty-three, you're now classified as a milf, and that's a problem. Yeah. No, that's I, good. I that like means you get to age to into on, it. We yes. need to work on this. This is getting out of hand. If you wear like, glasses, you're a nerd. If you have black nail <laughs> polish, you're under the goth category. Yeah. yeah. Like if you weigh more than 115 pounds, you're a BPW. Yeah, seriously. We need to work on these categories. 
Because, like, this is getting out of hand. This is ridiculous. It just means if you're over a certain age, and you like people can tell women, I'm then you're into MILFs automatically. Because yeah, I don't make the rules here. The we're out here, thoughts we're out here like, calling 22-year-old women MILFs. It's it's uncalled for. Look, these mil- I don't even want to fuck these moms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these moms who don't have kids. I really feel ridiculous. like MILF is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, oh my god! But yeah, they, you are right. They definitely should have done more with her character. Like she was the best. She like yeah. snuck into that bar just to like marry a millionaire. Yes, it's fantastic. She was gonna go date her Canadian boyfriend. Yeah. Right. Anyway, hopefully she found a Hawaiian boyfriend. Oh yeah, because yeah. Yeah, yeah, at the end when they're like, you know what? Let's just have a cafe on the beach. That guy shows up at the thing. I think that's her Canadian boyfriend. <laughs> the guy that they couldn't talk to. Yeah, like oh, that's what I'm saying though. This series is so weird. Like they just drop stuff, and like they don't even draw. It's not even that they don't draw attention to it. They just drop it, and like even within a scene, it feels like they forget what why that's there. Like I think that that guy is literally her Canadian boyfriend who showed up unannounced because he saw that she was there. You wouldn't know my boyfriend. He goes to another high school. Because yeah. he's trying to like he's he trying to, to speak in Japanese country. and she's trying to t- talk in English, but neither of them speaks the language. So they keep. I think that they're more or less saying like, "Hi, like I don't speak English, like I don't speak Japanese," um, and that's how this like the episode ends. Like she, there's some kind of thing going on there, but like it doesn't even stay long enough. It's it just it's kind one of, of like, those like, "Hey, okay. let's go on our next adventure," sort of thing. All right, and remember, now that she has the permanent heart, they're all tracking her down, but they tracked her down and they went to Hawaii and now none of them are assassins. And it's like, excuse me? Yeah, they're, they're handymen now. Like they, no, now, now they're they just do, waitresses. No, but like they do like undercover shit from out of the... No, they uh, turn them down. They're like, the no, restaurant. we're done. We're in Hawaii. <laughs> now we serve lattes. Yeah, because they're on vacation. <laughs> they already I'm sure they're going to go back to doing stuff. To serve up. But how is she going to say, remember her whole thing and like the dumb reason she had that horrible, like, um, like just like no, there was no belief behind it. But when she like the guy's like, oh, I've saved your life. And she goes, the I'll be good forever now. I'll save people. people. Is mean. That's the belief. You know, it's a very toxic mindset to go on vacation and continue your side hustle the entire time. <laughs> they brought the cafe with to vacation. Come on. <laughs> Yes, leave work at work. Look, I'm only taking time off from killing people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah anyways, uh, don't watch. Don't watch Liquor's Recoil. Oh, I thought it I was fine. I would say. It's I would not say the... do watch Liquor's Recoil. I can't wait for season th- season two. I look I forward to season to three. More of, uh, <laughs> more about the Allen Institute. I want to see uh, Chinatsu and Takina in more cute outfits. Let's go. Yeah, I need a whole <laughs> episode. I need an episode two. Where they buy more panties. Yes. More more anime <laughs> needs to be about buying panties. So far yes. we've got licorice We bought a summer and winter I wardrobe. Mean, now we're going to buy a I spring mean, wardrobe. I feel like I feel like if you're looking for anime about buying panties, you're you're not in short supply of that. That's fair. I feel like we. I mean, there's dress up, darling. I feel like the, oh buy yeah, that is fair. There. <laughs> I keep meaning to buy that manga, but we got to get out of this podcast. Yeah. Yes. Uh. This has been the Gonzadot Moe No Name Anime Show. 
as I'm doing this outro, I see people on Twitter saying, don't boycott Bayonetta 3, because what about those developers? Well, <laughs> surprise. You didn't care about those developers they, either. They're they, also being underpaid. They already got paid. They're probably underpaid, also exploited. And what makes you think they get residuals? Do whatever you want. If you're going to play the game, play it. Right. If you're not going to play it, that's fine. But get yeah. the fucking shoes out of your mouth. And I mean, hey, if you're going to like buy the game anyway, why don't you also like, like, use the same amount of money to like donate to a charity like uh, like Helena Taylor was asking you to. Oh, yeah. This is actually an, uh, one of the first times I've seen the person in the middle of all this say like, you should boycott this. Normally they're like, I hey, don't do this. Do your own whatever. Like Kyle I mean, from uh, I mean, she still says like, yeah, I understand that's a personal decision, but yeah, yeah I am asking you to boycott this. Anyway, uh, get all of our podcasts at Gonza.moe. We're on your favorite podcatchers. We're on Twitter. We're on drugs. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yep, I'm high on life. Yes, and I'm high on mice. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, Jesus. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Uh, good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>